Let's do this. Let's do this. You ready? Yes, Welcome to the Outlaw Radio live. Show. Your face is on the internet. Hey, now you're talking over me. Yeah, like I get here to do I am it. trying to do a clean intro. I get to and, do it. And you're the one that's mumbling. Yep. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. So sorry we are a little delayed. We ended up only being six minutes delayed, but we had a little bit of a technical snafu. All good, covered. Welcome to the show. My name is Zach Adams. So glad that you've joined me and my buddies tonight. Uh, I pastor church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, check us out. Our Sunday service is at 1030. If you're not local but looking for a good Bible teaching church that you can check out online, uh, we live stream our service. Again, the service is at 1030. You can learn more about our live stream or the different links uh, by going to calvary316.com, our church site. Uh, you can go to calvary316.live. That's the link to our YouTube channel. You can go to facebook.com slash calvary316. Watch the stream there. There are a lot of ways to find us uh, on the internet. I'm joined, as always, by the man that needs no introduction, uh, Pope Creighton. How you doing, bud? I am. Well, I hit, I hit the wrong button there. Um, I have, was doing better right before we started, uh, but I'll be okay in a few minutes when the air clears when out. When the air clears out <laughs> in the room goodness, in the studio. Nick. Yeah, there was yeah, a bomb. It was a, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's. It was. A, it was. A I think it's classified it was a, as a war crime. <laughs> it was a technical glitch. <laughs> My biological chemical warfare. So explain how the show works to the audience, real quick. Uh, basically, um, we have you know a bunch of guys here. We'll introduce the rest of them in a second. Um, I we talk about things. I will ask a question. Um, that they don't know what the question is going to be. Zach is going to turn it into a Bible study and is going to teach us about the topic that I bring. Um, and then we're going to discuss it, and it's going to be crazy. Um, we had very mild openings last two weeks. So if this is your second episode, you're like, why is he talking about it being wild? Because this is... We've un- been subdued of late. Yeah, subdued is a good word. We've Neutered, been- maybe. A little subdued. Which, you know what? I don't, I don't hate. I like it. I like it like this. Don't, don't change a thing. We're also joined in studio by uh, a few friends. Uh, we've got Deal Daddy Derek and Mr. Nicholas Monty. Welcome, What's fellas. Up? Both in white. Both in white, looking, looking good. Awesome. Also joined by a Spice Daddy and Mr. Kyle Parkin. Welcome, fellas. Hello, I believe hello. that was a challenge issued by Creighton. To make it, it more chaotic. Knock. We can spice it up. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So just as kind of a bit of a programming note, uh, we are going to be continuing doing episodes through June. We will be taking July off, and then we'll be back uh, in August. Uh, I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't want to waste any time. I want to dive right into the topic. Uh, Creighton kind of briefed me a little bit uh, about the topic for tonight simply because it was submitted by uh, a dear friend of ours, a beautiful lady. Uh, Uh, The best Kathy, if you will. No, I can't go there. (laughs) I can't go there. But uh, Creighton's mom actually submitted a question uh, for tonight's episode, and I love it. I think it's – I've never actually thought about this question. I love the topic. Uh, I'm just kind of super amped up, so I don't want to waste any time. I don't want any type of a distraction or a rant. I want us to dive right into the deep end here. So, Creighton, I'm kind of setting it up. Roll with it. And uh, and these guys are here to help me turn this into a Bible study, so you guys buckle up. Uh, if you're watching online, again, this is the recording of a podcast that gets released on Thursday. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, outlawradio.live, or on our Facebook page, uh Facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. There's comment sections below each feed. Creighton is monitoring those. So you can join the conversation. So as we're unpacking this topic, as we're talking about things, uh, you can uh, join us and and submit your comments, your feedback, your perspectives, uh, all cherished and warranted. Uh, If you don't want to comment, maybe in in the moment, uh, the best way to reach us with your thoughts uh, is at our official outlaw radio email address, which is 
uh, PopeCreighton at gmail.com. So with all that out of the way, Creighton, what are we talking about tonight? So uh, as you said, this question comes from my mom. Hi, mom. I'm pretty sure she's watching, so that's exciting. Um, and the question is, in Acts 16, uh, Paul is forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go to Asia. Um, it's, we're told that he wanted to go to Asia to preach the gospel, and we're told that he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go there. So yes, and I've got that elsewhere. passage brought up. We'll get to it. Um, the second part of the question is that in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, it says that Paul is hindered from visiting Thessalonica. And it says that he's hindered by Satan. Um, so the question she has is, how in the world do you know the difference between being forbidden by the Holy Spirit from doing something and being hindered by Satan from doing something? And then, obviously, what do you do with that knowledge if you can glean what, is, what exactly is happening? I think it's a fantastic yeah. topic. And before we unpack it, I just... just Initial reactions from you guys to the question, because when I when I first heard this, I was like, "That's so insightful! It's such an interesting thought," and um, we get to talk about the Holy Spirit, which is fun, and we get to wade into something that's that is kind of complex, but something very relevant. I mean, how do you differentiate like God leading you to do something, or how, even even better, how do you differentiate <clears throat> Satan resisting you or God closing a door? Right, because. On the surface, they might both look the same, at, at least in regards to our, our topic here. Uh, I just found it to be a fascinating thought. Uh, let's start with you, Kyle. What are just your initial reactions to the question itself? Um, interesting. I've never really thought about it. There definitely, I mean, I have thought about that there is a difference between like the Holy Spirit's, you know, um, <coughs> guidance and, and forbidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a tough topic to unpack in general. Like, just, you know, people ask all the time, like, how do you know if you're doing something that, like, how do you know if what you're being led to do is what God's really telling you to do or not to do? I mean, we, we could go all over the place with that. I don't know. I don't know where to start. We, we really could. What about you, Spice Daddy, since you're right well, there? Uh, I guess in my life, it's, it's I'm one of those people God has to slap across the face and <laughs> and, like, point me in the right direction kind of thing. So it, it, it becomes relatively easy to know the difference because it's usually something I don't want to do. I right. guess I, that's, the, that's the, I guess, the deciding factor. If, if it's something I don't want to do but I'm being pushed that way, then then it's God's calling in, in my life. That might not be the same for, you know, the average person, but uh, that seems to be the kind of things kind of like the story of uh jonah you know he he didn't want to go but he had a lot of hindrances <laughs> but it was, right uh, for sure what about you dill daddy yeah kind of to second that in some instances i can remember just if there's a door open and then not trying to go through that door and trying to find a different way then you kind of just end up back at the same door so you're like all right lord i hear you now and then you go <laughs> right through, so right what about you nick first thoughts my first thought is there's an easy answer to it, but it's not the right answer because everyone thinks that, like, the easy answer is to do the, if it's the right thing, if I'm doing something good, then it's probably from the Holy Spirit. Then if I'm doing something, or if, if I'm getting led to something bad or it doesn't, this doesn't seem right, then it's probably from the devil, but it's, there's more to it, which we'll get into with Paul. For sure. And stuff because he's going to do something that he thinks is good, but he's getting told no. So, Well, let me, let me maybe rephrase this in a different way, and this is just a, kind of a real quick answer here. Um, how many of you have ever been in a situation and you're like, man, the Holy Spirit was saying no? 
you've been in a situation where like the Holy Spirit was screaming. Now you might not have listened or obeyed, but you knew in your heart, like the Holy Spirit was like, no, no danger. Don't go this way. I'm, I'm trying to close this door. Whether you might've kicked it down or not, that's a different topic. But have you ever experienced like, oh, I know God was saying do this, or I know God was saying, don't do this. I can yeah. have a series yeah. of relationships. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I mean, we all, we've all experienced it. Have you yeah. ever, have you ever experienced the dynamic where you were like, oh man, I, I'm trying to do something that's that's good, man. I I feel like I'm being resisted by the enemy. You, you've yeah, you guys mm-hmm. have experienced that, yeah. right? Uh, nodding does not translate to a podcast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes we have. Good, thank you, Creighton. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, this is your mama's question. Um, I think it's a very interesting question um, because I find it to be one of the like both hard and easy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the easy answer is kind of a cop out, which is, you know, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added unto you, which means that if something doesn't work out, just go to another thing that seeks the kingdom of heaven. You're good. Do you know, there's like, an easier, but that's a cop out. There's an easier cop out than that. What's that? <laughs> so here you go. Predestination. Oh, so wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, no, no, there's an even easier one than that. How do you know that, uh, like, how did Paul know one, one way or the other? Um, or how do we know that Paul knew? Which I think is the e- essence of the question. Mm-hmm. Like how, how, well, we know that Paul knew because the scriptures tell us that Paul knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The, it, we, we can revert to, well, the Bible just says it. So that's how we know. Let's move on. Which we're not going to do tonight because <laughs> it is a fun topic and we can, we can get into it. Let's look at these two passages of scripture. I think that's a good place to start. Uh, set some context for what the question is about. Uh, and then we're going to go real broad and work our way back into it, I think is a good strategy. So Acts chapter 16, uh, the Apostle Paul is in the midst of, I believe it's his third missionary journey, um, and uh, just kind of getting uh, chapter 16, verse 1, we'll go back a little. Uh, Then he came to Derbe in Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. And yes, that is the Timothy that Paul will write letters to, uh, two of them, first and second, Timothy. So there was a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek, meaning he was an unbeliever. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. These were neighboring towns. Paul wanted to have him go with him. So he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, uh, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And that's a whole another topic in and of itself, why Paul would do that. Um, It's about ministry opportunity. Um, And as they went through the cities... And this is Luke writing for us, who is a member of this particular journey. So he's an eyewitness to these things. Uh, He was serving as the practical physician of the Apostle Paul, uh, Dr. Luke. Um, Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, (coughs) excuse me, wrote the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. It's kind of part one, part two. (coughs) So as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles, the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches are strengthened in the faith (coughs) and increased in number daily. Now... Man, a frog in my throat. Give me a second. <clears throat> now, when they had gone through Pergia and the region of Galatia, and I know these are a lot of names of towns, ancient towns that people might not be familiar with. Uh, this is all in an area known as Asia Minor, uh, which is present-day Turkey. So if you're looking for kind of a geographic location, if you take Israel and you go north, you're going to go through Lebanon, you're going to go through Syria, and then you get into Turkey as you're kind of me- hanging a left on the Mediterranean coast. Uh, and then and then Turkey kind of works its way down, and then you cross over into Greece. 
So they're in Pergia, the region of Galatia. And then verse 6, we're told, and they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So the indication is that Paul wants to go um, east, but for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit is saying no. And after they came to Mysa, they tried to go into Bithynia. So Paul is still trying to go into Asia, but the Spirit did not permit them second time. So passing by Mysa, they came down to Troas, and the indication is that they're just hanging out in Troas. So Paul, Paul is wanting to take the gospel. He's in Asia. He's in Asia Minor. He's in Galatia. He is wanting to go east. <clears throat> so he's wanting to head deeper into Asia. He's wanting to go east. <clears throat> His first attempt, he gets stopped. And we're told <clears throat> that, this, that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Paul keeps going north, like still trying to find a way to go east. So he goes to Bithynia. The Spirit did not permit them again. Again, we don't know how that happened, except for the Holy Spirit is testifying through the Scriptures that he was very involved. And so now that that twice they have been forbidden from going east, they get to Troas, and they kind of just chill out. Because Paul's like, I don't know what we're supposed to do, because his inclination was to go one direction. He's being resisted from going that direction. So they just stay put. Verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, <clears throat> saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we, and that's interesting because we is the authors included, so Luke's there, sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course and then we get to this kind of playing its way out to Philippi, etc., into Macedonia. And this is ultimately a very significant passage of Scripture. Paul being forbidden from going east, stays in Troas, waits, gets this vision. Okay, God wants us to go the opposite direction. He wants us to go west. So they, they sail from Troas, and they basically land in Greece. And this is the gospel, by the way. This is the first missionary endeavor, again, recorded in Scripture for us. Uh, the first recorded account of the gospel jumping continents. So this work that began in Jerusalem, spread to Judea, Samaria, that God said take to the ends of the earth, we now find it moving from the, what we would call the Middle East to Asia Minor. And now it moves from Asia Minor, and it jumps into the very eastern portion of what is today known as Europe. Um, and that's a significant development in the great story of the spread of the gospel. And so Paul this goes to Philippi, that this Macedonian man, he has this vision. Interesting, Paul ends up preaching the gospel, gets arrested. He's in jail. There's an earthquake. The jailer's going to kill himself. And Paul witnesses to him. He gives his life to the Lord. Like, that's how this all develops. So that's kind of the story. But again, twice. And, and, I, and I think it's important to play itself out. Because if Paul, and, and it's like, we don't know what it was, but... When Paul's wanting to go east, and he gets resisted the first time, if Paul knew that that was the Holy Spirit right then, do you think he would continue to try to work his way east? No. So even though the text tells us that it's the Holy Spirit doing the resisting, the initial moment, Paul doesn't know this. Now, in retrospect, they can put the pieces together like, oh, well, obviously this is where the Lord wanted us to go. Hindsight's always twenty twenty with these things, which I think is important to it. 
You know, Paul, he understands. But, but the first instance, whatever it was, and scholars can be divided um, in regards to um, it could have been Paul's physical uh, uh, issues. Um, again, Luke jumps into the story, and he's a physician. Paul dealt with some chronic eye issues. It could have been that, that Paul was having um, issues medically that was prohibiting him from going one direction. <clears throat> we don't really know. Uh, maybe they just weren't able to get you know, a good source of transportation. Uh, again, where the scriptures are silent, you know, it's fun to speculate, but you really can't reach anything dogmatic. My point, first movement, Paul's like, no, we're going to go north so we can try to go east. He didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. Now he's resisted again. And the way that the text unfolds is that Paul has a, sen a sense like, okay, wait a second. Once is not, once, okay, maybe a coincidence, twice, not a coincidence. Paul's sensing something that causes him trepidation and pause. So he stays put in Troas. Chills out. He's like, all right, I don't know where, obviously, we, we shouldn't be going this direction. We need to ascertain if, what the Lord wants us to do here, right? So they stop. And I think that's a great place to be, and that's my first point of application, is like, if you're trying to make a decision and you're not sensing exactly what the Lord wants you to do, the worst thing to do is do anything. <laughs> you should stop. Be patient. Be still and know that he is God. And the Lord wants to uh, illuminate your path. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And if you're sensing like, I, I, I felt like this is where I should be going, but I'm getting this resistance and I just don't know if it's God or not. Don't do anything anymore. Like stop. Just stop. Chill out. Like, all right, Lord. Now we're not told that, that there was a prayer meeting, you know, that they held hands, played some worship songs, tried... But God spoke, God intervened, God gave Paul a vision. And that vision, and, and then you saw the immediacy of it. Like Paul woke up in the morning and was like, all right, we're going. I know where we're going. We're not going east, we're going west. And God made this clear. And they, they were moving, they felt resistance, they paused. All right, Lord, tell us what you want. And God met him, and God revealed through a vision. And then the moment that, that direction was given... Did Paul still try to go the way that he was wanting to go? No. He's like, all right, I just am being led by you, Lord. And he immediately went the opposite way. And, and then we see as a result, the benefits, the blessings of the Lord, this work, the gospel moving to Europe. Imagine if Paul had gone east. Christianity could look very differently. But it was God's intention that it go into the, to Europe, to, into the heart of Rome that it went west and not east. Now, in retrospect, it's easy for Luke to say that it was the Holy Spirit. Do I think in the moment they knew it was the Holy Spirit when they were being resisted the two times? I'm not sure that they knew in that moment. So they stopped, and I think that's the application here. I don't think you're going to know in the moment, but you should stop. If you're being resisted, stop. You know, this could be the this could be the enemy. This could be the Lord, but I need, God, I need you to reveal to me. I need to know if this is you, if you want me to go a different way, or this is the enemy and I got to plow forward. Is this, is this opposition or is this your divine resistance to move me a different direction? And when you don't know, and I don't think Paul knew it right then, you stop. Say, all right, Lord, you got it. You got to let me know. And God will be faithful to do that. And so with everything that happened moving forward, 
it becomes clear in retrospect, and Luke can write this for us. Hey, guess what? That was the Holy Spirit the whole time. Resisting us and resisting us. Wanting us to go, we wanted to go this way, the Spirit wanted us to go that way. So he resisted us, and we stopped. I said, all right, Lord, you tell us. Now, story one, two different stories. You flip to 1 Thessalonians. And this is a, this is a letter that Paul is writing to the ch- a church that he planted. So during his missionary journeys, uh, Paul would go from town to town. He would uh, preach. He would, if he could start in a synagogue, he would start there. If there was not a synagogue, he would go to wherever there was a gathering you'd preach the gospel. A church would be born. Paul would stay sometimes for a length of time. Sometimes it'd be very short. It depended. But a work would would, would be initiated. But Paul sometimes had to move on. Now, there were times that Paul would leave behind somebody, whether it was uh, Timothy, whether it was Silas, uh, whether whether it was um, Titus, um, several of, and and he would write letters to them. Hence, we've got the, the titling uh, first and second Timothy, or we have the letter to Titus. Paul would write letters to these men. Um, but in this dynamic, you know, when, when you run into First Thessalonians, what is this? This is Paul writing to this church that he had started that he had to leave. And so he's writing a letter back to them, encouraging them, exhorting them, articulating his heart. There was probably, and again, scholars are a little divided, there's probably four different letters that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. We only have two of them. Only two of them are included in the scriptures for us. But in this first letter, um, as you're as you're reading through this, uh, you get to chapter two, verse seventeen. Paul says, "But we, brethren, having been taking away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart. Ah, oh, the love there, right? We're not with you in, in in person, but well, man, we're there in heart, right? In spirit, endeavoring more eagerly to see your face with great desire. We can't be there. We want to be there. We long to be there. That's what he's saying." Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For you are our glory and joy. You know what Paul doesn't give us here? Any details. (laughs) Like he gives us no details at all. Uh, we don't know the timing of this. You know, so Paul would make these missionary trips. He would start off, he would begin in Antioch, which was located in Syria. And then he would begin his travels and he would work his way around and come back to Antioch. So when, you, when you're looking at the initiation and the conclusion of these missionary journeys of Paul, uh, they begin and end at this church at Antioch where Paul would be sent out and then he would return to give a report. And then he'd be sent out, and he returned to give a report. Uh, three different missionary journeys had that, that particular blueprint. The final missionary journey uh, is Paul going to Jerusalem, and then that gets crazy, and there's this whole big thing that happens. Read the book of Acts. You can, you can follow it. At some point in the midst of this, Paul, according to this letter, is like, hey, uh, I really wanted to come back. I wanted to spend time with you. Um, it, it bummed me out I wasn't in person, that I had to leave. I've always been with you in heart, and I long to come back. But he says that the reason, his explanation for why he never returned, was Satan. Again, 
to quote it again, Satan hindered us. Um, how did Satan hinder them? Again, we have no idea. Now, do we know that Satan hindered them? The answer to this is yes. Why do we know that? It tells us. It tells us, and this is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So this was not the Holy Spirit hindering them. This was Satan hindering them. Uh, could it have been that Paul is writing this already in some type of, of captivity? Maybe. And then there's a very easy application to that. But we don't know. But Paul is writing this, and Paul senses that what, what kept him from going into Asia and what instead led him into Europe was the Holy Spirit. And Paul testified to that reality. What kept him from returning to Thessalonica, again, without the specifics, but with Paul's personal testimony confirmed by the Holy Spirit, is it was Satan. So, again, how was Paul able to know and differentiate the two, which is the heart of the question, right? So, I have a, I have yeah, a question. Yeah, jump in. Um, so, it sounds like the Holy Spirit told him not to go east, told him to go to Macedonia. Did the Holy Spirit tell him to go back to Thessalonica? and Or is that just something he wanted to do? God didn't stop him from doing it, but Satan... That's a great him. question of which there isn't an answer to. So I, I guess that kind of goes into play with that. Is 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 that something? Sometimes we want to do something. God doesn't stop us. Does, you know what I'm saying? He, he he might not, for lack of a better term, care if we do do this. But let me phrase might, the, let me phrase the thought this way: Can the Holy Spirit use Satan's hindering? Yes. And I think I think the answer to that is yes. For sure. I mean, did did God use Satan? In the life of Job, did Job have did, did did Satan have an intention for Job that was separate from the reason that God allowed Satan's interactions with Job? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. Satan had one plan, but God allowed it because he had a different one. So we have evidence in the scriptures. For example, uh, did did Satan want to execute Jesus on a cross? Absolutely, right. Kind of a big deal for him. But God had a different. But God allowed it with a different reason. So was God behind the, the crucifixion of Jesus? Sure. Was Satan behind it? Sure. Like, and I think that's a good point to be made, is that the the two aren't necessarily ex like they're not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. Sometimes it's both. Now I, I would say that that I don't think um, Satan is ever intentionally wanting us to go the direction that the Holy Spirit wants us to. But he is not infinite and all-knowing and all-wise. He's finite. So Satan can operate under an evil intention that God uses for his own purposes. We see that all the time. Shoot, we've probably, we probably all have testimonies of some of that. Where, where we clearly know Satan was, was doing something bad, but we also totally see that God allowed it for something much better, which has to be terrible for Satan, right? When you think you finally got him, and then you see it play out the opposite way, and you're like, dadgummit, you know? It's kind of like Wile E. Coyote and... and right, right, and the Roadrunner. Road yeah, right. Or could Satan have played a role in prohibiting Paul from going east? And, and, and could Paul have seen that at least initially, hey, this is the enemy keeping us 
from, from God's will and God's plan and, and these motivations. Maybe initially Paul absolutely felt that way because he, he still tried to go. And yet there was a moment where Paul's like, wait a second, I, I, need, to, I need to slam on the brakes here, try to get my bearings, like what, what is really going on? Now, we have the testimony of Scripture. We know one was the Holy Spirit. We know the other one here was Satan hindering them. We have no mention that it was the Holy Spirit, but God allowed it. And we also know that God, God allowed that hindering uh, for the benefit of the Thessalonians and the benefit of the, the, the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Why? Because God is sovereign. And this kind of goes back to your point, Kyle. Like the easy cop-out answer is the sovereignty of God or the free will of man or the combination of the two. Now, the deeper end of the question is how do we, how do we, how do we know? How do we, how do we sense that? Right? Creighton? I mean, that, that is the, the essence of the question. Yes. It's trying to ascertain, is this the Holy Spirit leading me or is this Satan resisting me? Right. Um, to answer that question, again, we got to take a step back into some ideas about the Holy Spirit that I think are very important. Um, I think so often when we discuss the Holy Spirit, we, we discuss the Holy Spirit in some very, um, very superficial, um, very non-personable terms. As a force. As a force, as something mystical, um, as, as a, a mystical sensation. Uh, the Bible presents the Holy Spirit as an actual person. He is the third member of the Holy Trinity. As God is Jesus, as God is the Father of the Old Testament. Like, the Holy Spirit is not inferior, nor is he um, less known or interacted with. Um, Jesus told the disciples uh, before his ascension, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit and the power he'll give you. And again, the Holy Spirit is even articulated in that, that context in the, in the masculine tense. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's easy to, to think in mystical terms and, and again, spiritual terms, feelings, emotions, etc. The Holy Spirit is a person as personable and knowable as Jesus. And I think it's important to place the Holy Spirit in that particular context, that he is someone that we interact with. He is someone that we engage with. He is someone that we get to know. In the same way that we get to know Jesus through the written word, uh, we get to know the Holy Spirit as a person. Um, and I think that that's important because we're talking about how do we know when the Holy Spirit's really speaking to us or leading us or guiding us versus when it might be the enemy. So we're talking about like, how do we know when the Spirit is ministering, working, and leading? And this is where it's important to take a step back. It's like, wait, wait a second. Like the more that you know the person of the Spirit, the easier it becomes to what? To recognize his voice, to be sensitive to his leading. Again, the more Paul says, walk in the spirit. And it's capital S. This is not a, a theoretical thing. This is a practical, actual experience. Walk in the spirit, with the spirit, a part of the spirit, the spirit in you, you with the spirit, like walk in this connective, uh, personal exchange. And then you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, but experience the spirit, engage with the spirit. Speak to the Spirit. Let the Spirit speak to you. 
And the more you do that, the more you become sensitive to his voice, to his leading. Again, you go back all the way to Elijah and, and the voice of God. You know, God wanted to speak to Elijah. Elijah was in a down, down, he was on the run from Queen Jezebel. And he has this experience where, you know, he's, he's wanting to hear from God. He needs his marching orders. He needs to know the next steps. God, I, I feel like I'm on an island. I'm all by myself. What's going to happen? And there's the whirlwind. And then there's the firestorm. And there's these things. And he's listening. And he doesn't hear God. But then we're told, and it's that famous passage, that it was all quiet. But he heard the still, small voice of God. You know, God sometimes doesn't, he, he, his, his, his revelation to us, his voice, it's not verbato, it's not accompanied with choirs of angels, it's not like a, 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 a rushing river. Uh, sometimes it's a still small voice. And in order to hear the still small voice, uh, A, we have to be listening, we have to create the opportunities to listen, but we have to be sensitive to it, and the more that you, the more that you listen... And then act accordingly, the more sensitive you become to that voice. Um, again, you guys have been around Calvary 316 for an extended period of time. And I've told this story before. Um, I've, I've kind of tried to go on this crazy quest of like becoming more tuned to the Holy Spirit. And, and that, requires, that requires doing certain things that are, that are radical. Um, for example, um, I was working on a Bible study. And out of nowhere... Like this, a random thought popped into my head. I need to reach out to so-and-so, tell him I love him, and that the Lord's with him. I hadn't seen this guy. He lives in California. I hadn't seen this guy in two or three years. I had no reason to think about him. Just in, in the quietness of, of my own study time, as I'm working on a Bible study, it's like midnight. Boom. This Was it a random thought? Or was it the Holy Spirit? The only way to know is act, right? So I, I grabbed my phone. I dropped this guy a text. Hey, I know it's been a while. I have no idea what's going on in your life, but I just want to let you know. And I, and I relayed this message. Like, God put you on my heart right now. The Spirit did. And boom, I got this text message back immediately. His grandfather had just passed away, literally two hours before that. And it was the exact thing that he needed to hear to know that God was there. Now, did I know that that was the Holy Spirit? I didn't. But the only way I was going to know is what? Is to act on it. And then in retrospect, I could look back and say, what? Oh my goodness. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I heard it and I acted. And then I look back and, and I think that's kind of what happens in Acts 16, doesn't it? They're trying to go, they're trying to go east. They get stopped. They still, they go north to try to go east. They get stopped. Paul's like, we got to stop. Revelation, hindsight. Oh my goodness. That was totally the Holy Spirit the whole time. I, I've had several instances of the same type of thing happening. A good friend of mine, Paul, middle, middle of the night, I got a whole, I, I got a message. Jesus is proud of you. <laughs> it was that to, to this guy. And I sent it to him in the middle of the night. Called me the next day in tears. Said, how did you know to text me that? I said, I have no idea. Just God told me to. The Holy Spirit did. Then he proceeded to tell me this whole thing about he was a Lutheran in ministry, an ordained Lutheran minister. And he was 
on Sunday nights going to, to Applegate Christian Fellowship where John Corson preaches incognito because it was Bible teaching and it was radical. And there was like an afterglow session. He was sitting on the back row and he was like, I need to leave the, the Lutheran denomination, but I don't know what that means for me. And, and some guy walked up behind him as, as he was praying and whispered in his ear the exact same words. <laughs> and he turned and the guy was gone. And he left the Lutheran church, ended up becoming a Calvary Chapel pastor. And he was like in a whole nother season. He had just been diagnosed with cancer. And like God used the same words. I had never heard the story before. And you look back and you're like, whoa. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. But how would you know? If you don't, if you don't listen and then, and then in faith act upon it. And I'll tell you, you at over time, you, you begin to pick up the cadence. If that makes sense, you begin to recognize the voice, um, stepping out in faith and doing things that are a little radical become a little easier. And that doesn't mean you always see the fruit of it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, because it's going to be super awkward. Uh, I've been going to the gym because therapy has been over. So I've been going to the gym. I've been real faithful with that. I've been three times this week, just treadmill, whatnot, but the treadmill's on the second floor. So you get to look down below where, you know, you know, you've got guys and girls fishing. It's basically what it is. I'm uh, sorry. You have guys and girls fishing. Whether they're whether they're single or married, they're all fishing. Gotcha. They Fishers dress up as lures. Women, if you will. They dress up as lures and they throw <laughs> themselves in a pond, and they're all fishing. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, know what that's I'm why I've been tomorrow? inviting you to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happily married. I'm up on a treadmill. The whole thing is funny to me. It's very comical because you see it, and and it's such a sad demonstration of humanity. There's this girl, and she works there. She's the saddest person I've ever seen. She's so sad. You were a high school pastor for 10 years. She's so that sad. That is a high bar to clear. She is so sad. And God has been speaking to me that I need to walk up to her and, and say, why are you so sad? Because Jesus loves you more than you know. Now, that's a really awkward thing to say at a gym. Yeah. Sounds um, like you're fishing. So I'm like. All right, Lord, you have to provide me also like an easy moment to do that. Regardless, it doesn't matter because I'm good friends with the manager now and, and, and he's seen manifestations of the Holy Spirit like this already. I got into a conversation with, with another guy at the front desk because that's what I do. And, um, and he's on the run from Jesus. His dad was a pastor. He's on the run. So we had this conversation and then I left, and afterwards the manager came up. He goes, that was awesome, because I can't have that conversation because of the way that the, the, the relationships, but because you introduced it, I could jump in, and I just talked to him for like the last 35 minutes about it. I'm like, yeah, right on. That's great. That's awesome. But you got it. But here's the thing. You're in this crazy experience where God has made himself manifest in your life in a very personal way but you can't see him. You can feel the spirit. You can hear the spirit. You can experience the spirit, but you can't see the spirit. And we can't see Jesus either. He's at the right hand of the throne of the father making intercession for us. 
And so there is this thing about it that is crazy and fun. But the only way that you'll know, Paul stopped and it became evident they weren't supposed to go in one way and then God made it clear where to go. Now, a vision, that's great, man. I wish, I wish it was that clear, right? But you read, you read, you know, the, the, the book of Acts is the acts of the disciples is, is the longer phrase, the actions. It's really the acts of the Holy Spirit through the disciples. The Holy Spirit is the central character in the book. And it's a, and it's a tale of a group of people learning how to walk in the spirit and to learn where the spirit's leading and, and to follow where he's guiding I think Satan's resistance to get to the essence of the question. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit, we got to learn the Holy Spirit. We got to be in tune with the Spirit. We got to be walking in the Spirit. We got to respond to the voice of the Spirit. I think the resistance, the opposition of Satan is, is often much more evident and clear and in your face. Whatever it was, Paul's like, hey, man, I, want, I, I long to be with you. I desire to be with you. Satan wasn't going to let me. And I think that, that, that that's often a pretty evident thing. It's where the Holy Spirit plays in it. And to me, the, the easy explanation is the only way Paul could differentiate between the two is because he ultimately obeyed the Holy Spirit and he saw what happened, right? And then it was easy. Like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was all the Holy Spirit. Like, whether Satan was involved in prohibiting me from going east, I have no idea. But I can tell you this. The Holy Spirit wanted me to go west. Because look at what he did, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know, wait. And then pray. And rest. Again, Paul and these guys, they're not, they're not freaking out, are they? When they're in Troas, they're just chilling. All right, we don't know where to go. So we're not going to go anywhere until God is clear. You guys' thoughts? I think... I well, I think Jesus touches on this. He, 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 in John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. I, I know my own and my own know me. Uh, just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Uh, and he says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. But he basically says, my sheep know my voice. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I think... The more mature you grow in your faith, the longer you're in there, you, you just start listening and you, you know, you know, your voice. it's kind of like when you're out when, with a group of kids and your mom starts yelling for you, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, maybe you slightly know, less dread, right? Depends on how many names she uses when she, she, <laughs> like she uses your full name, you know, you're in trouble kind of thing. But like, you know, your, your mom's voice, you know, your, your dad's voice. And, and when you hear that, you, you, you stop and you listen mm -hmm. uh and, and i hope you are anyway <laughs> uh and, and you just do that and, I, and i'll add with that in the process of learning the voice of god and we can say when we say the voice of god the voice of jesus the voice of the holy spirit again they're, they're three in one mm -hmm. we have his word you know so so the more that you're in his word and the, the more that you're studying his word and the more that your, your mind is being washed by the word and the more that your faith grows by the word, the more familiar you become with the shepherd's voice. And, and, and if, it's, if, if, 
God the Father is speaking to you through the revelation of Scripture, or you're getting to know the person of Jesus through the revelation of Scripture, or it's the revelation of God through Scripture that is just making you more in tune to the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's all the same voice in that sense. Mm -hmm. And so with with what you're saying, like, okay, I want to become more in tune with the voice of God. Well, get into the Word. I think that's a really key point right there. I think that the Holy Spirit's guidance and making things obvious to you is going to be proportional to how much you're listening and asking for guidance. Yes. Well, it kind of goes back to some of the other episodes we talked about with like, how do I know this church is a good church? Well, if you're in your word and you're listening to what the word says and they're saying something that goes against the word, then, then, you know, you know, the voice of God through that. You, if they're going against what the Bible says, then, and you know it, then you're listening to, I'm going to, I want to, because, so when we started this conversation, you asked the whole room, have we ever felt the, you know, the Holy Spirit hindering us from something? Um, And I'm not sure about you guys, but my first thought was, well, yeah, I mean, I've had stupid ideas pop into my head that were a bad idea that I probably knew was a bad idea, but I wanted to do anyway. And I was stopped by doing that by God and a myriad of different ways. I think this becomes more interesting uh, when you're not dealing with good and bad, but good and better. Because if Paul had gone to Asia, still would have been good. It still would have been good. But God chose Europe because it was better. I noticed something interesting on. Do you know what I well, mean? Well, it was. Yeah, it wasn't go God's time. I mean, it wasn't His timing to go there. Well, I mean, not like, to be not to be contrarian, but I would disagree. I understand what you're saying, but in that situation, I would say no, because the Holy Spirit was saying, "Don't go there." Like when we talk about good and better and best, um, better is bad if it's not God's will. Well, I think the Thessalonians passage is probably more of the the better and best. The the right better is no, what I ended disagree. up. I disagree completely. Hold on, well, I'm going to defend my point on this one because, like. You're right in that, like, if the Holy Spirit is telling you no, then that's not a good thing to do. But if we are, like, other than, other than this, this kind of ethereal, the whole topic of conversation, understanding if it's Satan or the Holy Spirit, like, if it's just Paul going to Asia, then he is fulfilling the Great Commission. He is doing what he would do in your like it, it is if you if you boil it resi- down to the if you boil it down to the facts no he's resisting is, but he's resisting god as good well god Once again that comes back to why we're talking about i know but how but you I, discern the yeah two. nick jump in i think you might be talking about his desire more than anything his desire to go would not would probably be okay is a good thing other than him actually going but there's there's no there's no biblical reason for it to be a bad thing. You There's can no reason do, for Paul to think that it's a bad thing. There are examples. Other than the Holy Spirit hindering him. But that's you know what, what I mean? we know. So my point it's, is you can, do a, yeah. you can do a good thing and be complete rebellion. Also, hinder God. is the very wrong word. I actually looked into the, the, um, the Holy Spirit. Um, what was the first one? There's, there resisting. Was the hindering, the, not resisting. The first word was preventing. So preventing and then hindering. Those two words actually look in the yeah. the Greek and everything, they're absolutely like a not allowing, like just period, both of them. I did not permit and then um, just not allowed. 
but the the word that's used to describe hate and hindering is a attempting to block a path. It's a completely different thing. What happened with Paul is the Spirit said, Do, you, can, you cannot go there. That is not where I'm having you go. Same thing like with, with Jonah. Try to go a different way. I'm You're not going that way. You're going to go this way. But if Satan's resisting you, and I was going to bring this up, yeah, I think yeah, if please. Satan resists you, it's it's, poss- it's still possible to overcome. Paul could have maybe made it, made it back to the Thessalonians and seen them, and it could have been a good thing. He didn't. Satan resists him, whatever, lost that battle. God still uses him. But God did not want Paul to go, did not allow Paul to go to Asia. Difference there. And, and once again, and it, it boils down to... What What is our calling? Our calling is what God wants us to do. It's being obedient to God's commands for each of us individually. Paul, in that scenario, if he had forced his will, you're assuming that, that God didn't strike him dead because he's in full rebellion. Even though his intention is to take the gospel to Asia, but God's like, I don't want you to. I've resisted you t- from doing it. I have no plans for you to do it. This is not my will, not my intention, and you're not going to do it. Paul's like, but it's a good thing. It's not a good thing if it's not what I want you to do because I'm the arbitrator of what is right and wrong and what is good and not, and you're being disobedient. You can go and do a good thing. And if it's against God's will for you and against God's instructions to you and against God's commands for you, it is no longer a good thing. You're in rebellion. I've known people that have gone and they did good things. It wasn't God's will and it turned out to be terrible for them. I don't disagree well, with that's, you. But that's <laughs> we're counter-arguing because the way that your argument presented itself needed a rebuttal to that. Okay, mm-hmm. then maybe I should represent my question because... Like the, the, the crux of my secondary question hinges on the fact that Paul didn't know. So you said, when we started this, you said he tries to go to Asia. He's resisted by the Holy Spirit. He tries a second time. And that was okay. No, it wasn't. He was, was stopped Was that again. rebellion? He was stopped Even again. if he didn't know that he was, even if he couldn't tell at that time, whether it was the Holy Spirit or Satan, was his second attempt rebellion? I would say, or was it being persistent with the job he was given and the direction that he had in his head? Okay, I'll do you know what that. I mean? Are no, you, no, can for you, sure. You no, I, more I, now? Get, I get that. Well, he didn't know where to go at that point, right? So he doesn't. He doesn't go east. He goes north to Bithynia. Now he's looking for another avenue. If you look at the geography of it, to potentially go east because he's trying to figure out: is this Satan resisting me, or is this the Holy Spirit guiding me? I don't know. So he goes to the next town, and then for whatever it was, and again, we don't have the details, it was clear, like, door slammed shut. Like, and at that point, Paul's like, there seems to be something going on here (laughs) where we're not supposed to go this way, but I don't know where we're supposed to go. Maybe we're supposed to go south. Maybe we're supposed to go back into Asia Minor. Maybe we're supposed to continue north. I don't know where we're supposed to go. So we're going to go nowhere, and we're going to wait, and God, you're going to have to now say, where do we go? Because I'm at a loss. And I don't, and again, there's no rebuke to it. You know, there's no, there's no, there's nothing critically recorded because in that moment, Paul stops. He's again, there, there's a sense, Paul seems to be articulating a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Like you go back through his missionary journeys. How does he know where to go with any of these things? And most of the time he doesn't, he's just kind of like going, wanging it. 
I think he's using some intuition. I think that there was some some interest. Paul was strategic in some of his approaches. It goes back to like we can get to a, a much larger idea, just like how do we how do we walk in the will of God? You know, and there's there's this passage, you know, so in Exodus we're told that the the children of Israel again being led out of Egypt to the land of promise. They don't have a GPS. They don't know where to go. But we're told that they're led by a, a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, the, the presence of God in, in both of these things. And then there's a passage, and I, and I forget the exact reference, in Psalms, which implies that uh, the way that God led the children of Israel from, again, and allegorically, from, from the world into promise is, again, you're in the desert, um, a cloud by day. Um, how did God probably lead them? seems to be the indication that like it was the shade like God gave them shade in the desert because it's it's hot if you're sitting in the sun you need to move into the shade and it's like oh man it's hot here but it's cooler here I'm gonna stay in the shade and guess when the shade moved I should probably go with the shade right you know I should probably go in the shade and then at night in the desert it gets cold so where do you want to be in the warmth of the fire under the fire and if the fire moved and you're cold, you're like, so like God led them and like, hey, just like, it, this was the cool place to be. There's a, there's an old Bible saying given by John Corson that, that talks about like, like following God is sometimes just like, I just want to be in the cool place. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a reason that the priests were, were instructed to wear linen. It was to be breathable. It was to be light. Like the work of God, the ministry of God is not to be cumbersome or laborsome. Um, it's supposed to be, there's supposed to be an enjoyment to li- the life we have in Christ. It shouldn't be stressful. It shouldn't be stressful. And, and so Paul, like, how, how, does, how does Paul know? How does Paul know he shouldn't be going east? He's kind of getting stressed out, like all of our plans are falling through. What's the deal with this? And he's like, wait a second. This is a lot harder than it should be for a reason. And then there's a vision, and has he had any problem going west? Absolutely not. Seemed to be pretty easy at that point. Gets his marching orders and he marches. And sometimes, sometimes following God, that doesn't make it the easy place. You're still in the desert. <laughs> you know, you're still in, on, a, on a journey. Still requires you to get up and move. They're still active. But sometimes it's about like finding that rest in the Lord, learning about his movements, hearing his voice, and staying in the cool place. Again, I think... Opposition, like it became easy to Israel when Satan was opposing them. It was the Amalekites with swords, you know? Yeah, that was easy to see. That was an easy one. Um, That being said, the spirit was leading them across the Jordan and to go into the land of promise, but they saw giants. They saw opposition. And they end up wandering the wilderness for 40 years dying out, right? You know, sometimes, and again, going back to the idea, I think seeing seeing Satan's resisting is easier than being sensitive to the Spirit, especially when you're experiencing Satan's resistance and you need to know, is this the Holy Spirit or not? That's where things get hard. Is this an opposition that I need to to work through and push through? Is, is this Satan resisting me from walking in the path that God has for me? That God is allowing? Like, that's where things get 
a little bit more difficult. And, and, and if you don't know, stop and say, God, let me know. And I think it's safe to assume that if you are trying to, if you're trying to walk in God's will and, you know, follow his guidance and you receive opposition, you don't know what it is. If you do stop and ask, like God's going to give you some direction. He's going to answer and, and make things clear to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the great promise that we have, you know, as his, as his kids, you know, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Like, you know, God is not uh, leaving us on our own. Now, yes, we walk by faith knowing that our destination is not on this earth, but it's in heaven. And I think that's one of the things that we get off about the story of Abraham, that like there was some destination. There was no, the destination was heaven. The walk of faith, when, when God said, hey, go leave Ur and go to a land that I will promise. Where was that land? You know, Abraham never stopped moving because the land wasn't Canaan. One of Lot's big issues was not moving. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to move. Yeah. Got him in big trouble. So. Well, and walking by faith gives you opportunities for faith to be proven. Like that's, that's talked yes. about over and over again in scriptures. Like walking by faith might seem, sound like it's something done blindly, but... If you walk by faith, you, God's going to give you proof that you're doing, you're, you're walking, that you're walking with him, that mm -hmm. your faith actually is founded in something. So, And you'll have more faith to walk along. Then you have more faith to do the next one, yeah, to keep moving. Yep. I would encourage, I'd close the episode by just encouraging everyone. Um, the easiest way to learn that still small voice of the Spirit, the easiest way to, to tune your heart to like what God is saying is sometimes to see those random thoughts as not being random and to act on them and see what happens. And that's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. It's a challenging thing. The, the intuition of like, Hey, I'm supposed to give this person some money and they haven't asked for it, but God just told me to, but I don't know if that was me or the breakfast burrito. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like, is this just me making stuff up in my head? Or is this God speaking to me? The only way to know is act on it. And if it ends terribly, that was just you being stupid. And you're like, okay, that was not God. Par but for I, the course. But I figured that one out. But I think more often than not, I think when people, when people come, and, and, and as a pastor I've heard, I just don't hear from God. I want to hear from God. Now, sometimes the, the, the easier the easier answer to that is 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 it is it that is God not speaking to you or are you not listening? Because I think God speaks to us way more than we realize. But sometimes we just have to take a step back and do things that are radical and walk by faith and do things that maybe on the surface don't seem rational. But it's very much what God wants for us. And I think the more that you do it, and you kind of, a little bit of trial and error, the more that you be, become more sensitive to just like, you know, this is the Spirit. This is the Spirit. This is the Spirit leading. This is, this is what God um, is laying out for me. Um, I, I find, and, and I'll close with this, I think God, and maybe this will resonate. I think God speaks to me more 
Um, not to say that it's exclusive to this dynamic, but I'm just going to say more often than not, it's when I'm in his word. Like, have you ever had that experience where you're in God's word? Maybe you're in a Bible study or you're listening to a Bible study, but it's just, you're, you're in it. And then this thought comes that has nothing to do with the text or it has nothing to do with whatever the pastor is talking about, but this, you're in the word, the word is open, you're in it, you're putting your thoughts there, and then this thought comes into your mind, and you're like, wait, was that God? I, I've, I've, been in, I've had God speak to me in more Bible studies where what God said had nothing to do with the Bible study, but I knew it was God. And I think there's something to that. I think when, we, when we're in God's word, and it's like, man... God spoke me to, to, to God spoke to me this morning. I had nothing to do with what I was reading. But there was something about I was there and I was in it. And again the the, the word presents this person, right? Do you, have you guys ever had that experience? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so, hey, if you want to hear from God, open his word and then listen. Read and listen. So, that how, how I was we good? Yeah. We good with that, Craig? Absolutely. You guys have I think any? It's good. I will give you feedback from my mom if I get it. <laughs> Great, thanks. Uh, any any parting thoughts for you guys? If you ever feel led to give me a, a breakfast burrito, I'll be down for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit speaking. Yeah, Holy Spirit. And uh, I would. I got one thing. Communi- yeah. Communication works both ways too. Talk to God. Pray to God. Don't Amen to back. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spend time in prayer. Yep. Make your request. No There's more times that I've been praying that I've been talk. He's spoken to me more than any when I'm sitting there <laughs> and talking to him, and he's just and you're like, oh, what was that thought? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God." And, and, and then, but the, the, the what's being articulated is like when you're anxious or you're stressed, you're dealing with something. Take it to the Lord, and what 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 will He do in turn? is he's going to take the stress. Yep. That only happens when he speaks back to you, when he works in, in, in conjuncture to that. Again, he's a heavenly father that loves his kids. Uh, D, you, you have anything? Any, no. any final thoughts? I'm good. You guys good? All right, let yep. me take us out of here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, again, you've been watching the recording of a podcast that is released uh, every Thursday. Uh, it is released on Apple, Google, Spotify. If you're listening to the podcast, check out the live stream on Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, not only can you put a face to the name, uh, but you can also, if you'd like, uh, in- engage with us in the comment section um, of both video threads. With all that being said, my name again is Zach Adams. We'll be back next week at 8 o'clock. God bless you.